It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe, certified financial planner at Livingworth Wealth Advisors, serving you in the Lake Country and beyond with an office in Greensboro, Georgia. You can find us on livingworth.com for past episodes and much more information. We've got a fantastic show on tap today. We are inching ever so close to the end of the year, Brian, and that's going to serve as a little bit of inspiration for mm-hmm. our show today. How are you doing as the holiday? We're not really inching toward the holidays. They're, they're, they're hurtling toward us as we speak. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think we're in the, in the throes of it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I was just uh, literally, literally making the dough. And uh, my wife is a personal trainer, and so every year she enlists me for her holiday party. She has some of her trainees come for a pizza party and gift exchange and all that stuff. And I secretly think it's her strategy for uh, job security. She, yeah, this, this sounds like a conspiracy to me. Uh-huh. You guys have the, <laughs> this is a racket. You guys have this all figured out. You feed them lots of pizza, and then you bring them back for personal training afterwards. There you go. There you go. Uh, that sounds like a really good business model. I'm I'm on board with that line of thinking. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well. So yeah, I just got done rolling up a bunch of dough. But uh, yeah. We, so I was thinking before we're going to get into some practical stuff here. But I just wanted to say at the beginning, uh, I, we're two years into COVID, and a lot of people have been putting plans on hold and cooped up a little bit. And sort of by accident, I made a big trip decision. And I, my, my mother turned eighty early November. And she had really, really wanted to go to her favorite beach, just didn't think it was possible and wanted to you know, be able to get away, but had convinced herself all these reasons why it couldn't happen. And I, I knew she wanted to do it. And so I just called and said, hey, she's 80. That gives me a good enough cover to ditch everybody else, go take her down there and, and just enjoy. And it was, it was really transformative because I think every, she'd been very cooped up and, you know, in the house and they, they've reduced exposure for, for so long with, um, you know, because of COVID. And it was really great for her to get out and, and, and actually for me too, get some sunshine, get some fresh air, you know, be at a nice place and, and, and have a change of scenery. And I, I think it really, really uh, invigorated and changed the outlook on the current situation. So I'm encouraging everyone to figure out what it is that they want to do and, you know, make it happen. And, and there's a coach I have that I talk about a lot uh, by the name of Dan Sullivan, and he's got a quote that says, "Always make your future bigger than your past." And while you're working and you know accumulating and things like that, I, that quote always made sense. You, know, you can always make it bigger and better and more exciting, you know, because you don't want your best days to be in your past. You would you would like to have something positive, you know, propelling you forward. But when I, when I try to apply that to retirees and things, it's um it, it's harder to maybe identify what would make a bigger future. But if you start thinking about kids, grandkids, impact, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do. And so coming out of this duration with COVID, I I just wanted to try to inspire everybody to make a big goal happen. And then we'll talk about the the practical, tactical stuff here in just a second. I love it. I think that's a fantastic sentiment, Brian. And I kind of feel the same way over Thanksgiving was able to spend definitely the most amount of time with my folks uh, that uh, we've been able to since the start of the pandemic, kind of the first true like multi-day visit. 
and just how restorative, healing, how much laughter there is to, um, you know, to like, oh, wow, where, where has this been for two years? You, you really start to miss out on some of that stuff. And just like going on the trip or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, really evaluate what you've been missing maybe during the COVID time and find a way to go make it happen because y- your body and your soul kind of needs that every once in a while. There's all these, uh, you know, chemicals triggered by social interaction and being outside and sunshine, being in nature, you know, with serotonin and uh, endorphins and all the all the like, it's good for you. So yeah, definitely uh, encourage everybody to do it. Do something. Absolutely. Yep. Get out there and do something. Well, how about from the financial perspective? End of year always brings around these kinds of conversations. Are there things that can be done before the end of the year? Are there things that we should check in on? What do we need to know about? I don't know. We got holiday lists and all sorts of other checklists we're trying to run down, decorations and who to get gifts for and travel plans and those kinds of things. But what about our family finances should we be thinking about this time of year? Yeah, we've got a a checklist here of things that that you want to run through a lot of them tax related or contribution related different things that you can do here at the at the year end and short of something crazy happening in the next few years the the performance this year is looking fantastic for the markets so everybody's probably experiencing increased balances you've seen home prices increase and and so there's there's a little bit of a wealth effect there that that's nice to have you know on top of all that has happened the last couple of years, people are feeling feeling richer. So we need to do some things to offset the negative impact of, of taxes. And so item number one on my list here is maxing out your 401k. Now, if you're under 50, you can put $19,500 per year into your 401k. And you know, we've we've had discussions about whether you should do Roth or regular, or if your employer offers a Roth uh, 401k contribution, that may not do a lot for your taxes this year. But as we look forward, and they keep spending trillions and trillions of dollars, uh, you know, tax rates are going to have to be higher in the future. So even if you're earning a lot and and want to make that contribution into a a Roth 401k. That could have long-term tax benefits for you. Uh, if you want to do the regular deductible contribution, that would have some advantages for you here this year. And then if you're over 50, don't forget that you, you can contribute an extra $6,500 uh, above the 19500 So you can get all the way up to $26,000 into 401k, or if, like I said, if your employer offers it, Roth 401k. So from a, a practical standpoint, let's, let's say that you've got uh, one or two paychecks left for the year, but you are thousands of dollars away from, from maxing it out. A lot of plans will actually allow you to contribute up to 25, 50, 75, even 100% of pay from one pay period until you hit that max. So if you, if you want to be uh, kind of quick and dirty about it, you could actually go in and just crank up your percentage contribution for the next paycheck or two. And then, you know, come January 1st, go back and, and put it back down to the, the normal contribution level. But that's, that's one way that you could accelerate and actually take advantage of that 401k. And is that uh, number going up next year, that, that contribution limit, the 19500 Are they keeping it the same for 2022? The contribution limit for next year is going to 20500 uh, up from the 19.5, and you'll still have the same $6,500 uh, catch-up provision. So that's that's great. 
nice when they give us uh, the opportunity to boost a little bit more into savings. Very, very helpful there. All right, so step number one on the checklist, how close are you to maxing out your 401k? If you can spare a few extra dollars, not a bad idea to put as much as you can away before the end of the year in most Mm -hmm. cases. Now, what about for those who have already maxed out their 401ks for the year? So this is a great opportunity to continue allocating that dollar amount to some other savings goal. I've had conversations recently about beefing up emergency funds, adding to a future home purchase fund, or maybe taking that great trip that you like. I would caution against just letting that paycheck go straight into your checking account because, as I've said before, if it makes it into your checking account, it's probably going to get spent. So if you can take that same contribution, you'll get a little bit higher payout here at the end of the year if if you're maxed out. Uh, Allocate that to, to something else. Put in a savings account. Go pull out some cash, stick it in your under your mattress, whatever it takes. It would be good to have a little, uh, little bit extra bit of a savings account, fun fund, college fund, you name it. You will need it in the future. All right, so that we can cover kind of all angles here, Brian. So we've had those who can still max out a 401k, or maybe they've already maxed it out, but there's some additional options for them. What about those who don't have an access to a 401k at all? So this is an interesting uh, tidbit that. I would say most people don't even know, and I even had a CPA in a meeting pull out her phone and Google it to fact check me on this. This was before fact checking was such a a big thing, but if you do not have access to any 401k at your employer, regardless of income, you can still make a deductible regular IRA, contributory IRA contribution. If you're working and you have a 401k, but your spouse is either not working or does not have access to a 401k, they can do a deductible IRA contribution for 2021 as late as April 15th of next year. So you've got time to corral the funds for that, get the deduction, and the maximum amounts are, are six to, to $7,000 based on age. Fantastic. Lots of good options there for folks to consider if they are not uh, in a position where they have that access to a 401k. Again, this is a checklist for you to be thinking about at the end of the year from that financial planning perspective. If you're thinking about retirement and those kinds of things, these are good things to check in on uh, with yourself, with your particular situation. Maybe discuss it with the spouse. Make sure everybody's on the same page before the year closes out. What else is on the list, Brian? And, well, and, and let me just say yeah. that that would be categorized as a spousal contribution. You know, so just to just to make sure it gets gets categorized uh, correctly. Okay, perfect, excellent. All right, what else is on the list? Well, self-employed. Uh, again, I had this same conversation just uh, yesterday. If you've, if you've got your own business income and maybe you're doing a Schedule C, maybe you're an S corp, an LLC, but you've got income that's not going through regular payroll and you don't have access to a company a sponsored plan, you can do a SEP IRA and contribute up to 25% of your net income. Uh, I think that's capped at about $52,000. Uh, you know, so it, it could be a relatively big number that you can get put into a SEP, but it is limited to, to 25% of your, uh, of your net profit for the business. And you have until tax time to calculate that number. You know, you want to obviously still deduct all your expenses and, and things like that. But you could wait till as late as September of next year if you do a, an extended a tax, an extension on your tax return to make that contribution. So 
big big potential number there if you do have some side income or or again if a spouse has has some uh, schedule C income uh, from a business that does not have a employer plan. Now I've seen a lot of notices coming through my email inbox from various accounts and things like that, and I've heard this word before, this phrase before. But uh, something along the lines of tax losses. I've seen it tax loss selling. I've seen it tax loss harvesting. Maybe some other term describes this as well. Can Mm -hmm. you give us the skinny on that? Yeah, so this is a a big one. And this is a little more challenging because the markets have been so strong and so good. There are not, a lot of people don't have items in their portfolios that have taken a loss. But if you have a couple that have, suffered because of the category they're in, or maybe you took a flyer on something that you're hoping for a Hail Mary recovery. Well, this this is going to be the year to go ahead and sell those items that are at a loss, therefore harvesting, realizing, whatever you want to call it, you know, to your point, to offset gains. And if you have mutual funds, uh, a lot of those will generate capital gains at the end of the year. And so they'll pay those out in December. And you can look up and they, they can project what percentage or amount might typically be coming out in gains. So if you get ahead of the schedule and you've you've done some loss harvesting and the gains that are triggered, whether for mutual funds or sales previous uh, in the year, you can write off all, you know, all the full amount against those gains. But if your loss is greater than your gain, you can still write off $3,000 against ordinary income. So whether you have capital gains uh, or not, realizing those losses can help, help offset income and help offset gains and it gets you ahead if, if some of these mutual funds that are in your portfolios uh, do generate some capital gains at the end of the year. And uh, I think it goes without saying, but I'm gonna say it anyway, this is for non-retirement accounts, non-IRAs, uh, regular brokerage accounts, uh, tax loss harvesting or selling does not do you any good in in retirement accounts? Oh, that's important to uh, to realize. You don't want to go go trying to do that in those other accounts, and then you're you're not you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot in those situations. Or or you can just go sit on those dog stocks that you bought that aren't uh, aren't performing and hope for the hail mary recovery. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, this is a good list so far, Brian. Uh, lots of things that we can check and look into. I know some of these things don't take um, a super long time to go look and see what the contribution limits and those kinds of things are. Maybe something like tax loss harvesting or tax loss selling takes a little bit longer to investigate and uh, might be something where someone needs a little bit of assistance working their way through. Um, but for uh, what else is on the checklist as we kind of uh, roll through all these different things? I know there's a lot to do with IRAs and, and checking it on various things in that realm. Yeah. So we were doing a pass through uh, all of our retirement accounts and the IRAs, well, a lump required minimum. I've got two categories of required minimum distributions, regular IRAs and things that you own versus inherited IRAs, which I mean, you you still own that, but it's in a different uh, account type. And so the rules for distributions on those accounts are a little bit different. But if you have not taken your required minimum distribution, that issue got sidelined last year because of COVID. They waived the required minimum distribution requirements last year. So a lot of people just, you know, set it aside, didn't take it, didn't need it. This year, they're back on the, the radar. And if you've transferred accounts from one custodian to another, the new custodian will not know what your year-end balance was last year. And so you may have to go pull up 
an old statement, manually calculate it, and make sure you get that IRA distribution because the new custodian won't know whether you did or did not take it prior to transferring in, and they won't know how much to warn you that you have left to take. So if, if you've moved any accounts around this year, uh, do, a, do a double check to make sure that you either satisfied the required minimum distribution from the previous custodian or get some help, manually calculate it, and get that uh, distribution done uh, from your IRA. Again, the age is 72. There's some talk that that could go up to 75. They, they keep moving these targets around on us. But if you turn 72 this year, put RMDs on your, on your calendar. The other category, the inherited IRA, this one's a little trickier because if you inherited the IRA prior to the rule change, you have until age 85 to stretch that IRA out. So you take 85 minus your age, that becomes your divisor. You take the, you know, port, let's say it's $100,000. And if you're 50, then 85 minus 50 is 35. You take the $100,000 divided by 35. That's the required minimum distribution for previously inherited IRAs. Under the new rules, you have 10 years. And you can choose which of those years you take it. You could do a 10th each year. You could do it all in the 10th year. So you have some flexibility as to when you realize those required minimum distributions on an inherited IRA. And you might want to time that with income. Like, for example, if you're in your peak earning years and then you think in five years you will have less income, you may want to delay and, and use that lower income time period to take the distributions from an inherited IRA. But the, the time frame has been dramatically shortened. That's going to increase the, the taxes that you pay on inherited IRAs. And um, the custodians are not as good about calculating that number for you now. They, the burden still falls on you. So make, make sure you get it done. And, and if you need help with it, you know, your financial advisor, CPA, anybody could help. Uh, if you're savvy and want to figure it out yourself, the uniform lifetime table is what you should Google for regular IRAs. And then um, a little more homework would go into the inherited IRA calculation. I guess that's my last question for you, Brian. If uh, somebody's listened to today's show and there are some things that they may need to take action on, may need to adjust or change um, with some of these things, uh, we're, like we said, hurtling toward the end of the year before that calendar changes to 2022. Is it possible to get in there, work with you, and make some of these changes before the end of the year if necessary? Better act fast if you do, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 could, we could help out. Um, we, we tend, with our existing clients, we tend to put required minimum distributions on the calendar at the beginning of the year uh, because it's better to get that money out early, get additional growth outside of the IRA. It reduces the size of future required minimum distributions, which helps tax-wise. So we, yeah, we, we've still, even with that, putting that on our calendar uh, early in the year, uh, we had about a half a dozen uh, cases where we were like, oh, yeah, 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 this, this one needs to be done. And uh, yeah, so e even paying attention, we have some of those new, new clients and, and people that have moved in um, mid-year or have the inherited IRAs that this applies. So I know that if it's impacting us and we're paying attention to this all the time, if you're trying to do this on your own, there's, you're, you, you could easily be missing something. So yeah, if you, if you just want to call, ask a question, get some help with the, uh, uh, the calculation, uh, certainly happy to do that. 
If you want to get in touch with Brian, it's very easy to do so. In fact, if you are looking to make some changes before the end of the year, definitely recommend reaching out now as soon as possible to set up that time to visit. You can schedule a free 15-minute introductory call with Brian by dialing 706-451-9800. That's 706-451-9800. Or go to livingworth.com and just click book a call. Again, livingworth.com. That's the place to go if you want to book it from your smartphone or computer. Get some clarity around the financial goals that you have so you can live the lifestyle that you want and help your loved ones do the same. And you can make sure that you're taking care and addressing some of these end-of-year items as well. Brian, you uh, are you ready for it? You ready to turn the calendar page to 2022 soon? I am. We've got one big item left, and that's moving into our new office, which fi- we got the uh, certificate of occupancy yesterday. Nice. And we will get uh, revved up and ready for a great near- year next year. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we will still have one more podcast before the calendar year ends, so be on the lookout for that. We will likely resume our series and conversation about uh, the top retirement mistakes that people make. And so we'll be resuming that before the end of the year. And uh, lots of great stuff on tap for 2022 as well. Until then, Brian, thank you, my friend, for the advice and uh, guidance. Good luck with all of your uh, any last-minute shopping or pizza making and um, that great personal training scheme that you've got running there with <laughs> getting people fat on pizza and then making them work it all off the next day. Yep. We're, we're doing all of those things. Well done, my friend. Uh, and we will talk to everybody again next time right back here on Make the Dough Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.